Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Kyle Dvorak and Denny Carter for our Week 15 preview show. It's our first full house in a really, really long time in terms of all 32 teams being active. All 32 teams were active for Thanksgiving week. That was almost a separate slate. So three games on the Thursday, one on the Friday. We are getting a ton of weekend football. So yeah, of course, this being the NFL, of course, is not all on Sunday. No. There are still three games on Saturday. Uh, so now we have to staff Saturday as if it's a game day. And uh, it's just real great. And take people behind the curtain a little bit. We're not, I'm not mad about it. No, none of us are mad, I would say. Uh, none of, Denny, I take it, I none of you, so. take it, none of you are mad about Bill Belichick probably being fired, it sounds like. For, I, in my opinion, my exact quote to you, Denny, was being bad once. Being and bad Bill once. Belichick, <laughs> you took umbrage of that. You said I did. For years, forever. A lot of umbrage. Uh, listen, Bill Belichick. Has never been good <laughs> outside of, outside of the Brady years, and that was a, that was a nice run. That was a nice little run. Yeah, outside of those uh, unending forty four Brady years, he's never been good. Seventy seven percent winning percentage with Tom Brady. Oh, that's good. Does it hold up, Denny? Does it hold up in any other circumstance? Let me look into it? it. I just did the math, Kyle. Forty five percent winning percentage. <laughs> he's won forty five percent of his games without Brady. That's still sixth best in NFL history. You have to remember that. No, no, listen, listen, he, uh, beyond, beyond like getting into the, whether he's lost his fastball, which yes, he has. The game has passed him by, which obviously, yes, it has. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little hard to say the game has passed him by when every week they're allowing like eight points. They just don't, they don't have a quarterback. They messed up their biggest post Brady decision. And sure, they could have quote hired a real offensive coordinator last year, yes, and right? Things like that, but right. I mean, they tried to correct it by bringing in Bill O'Brien. That has not exactly worked. I mean, this this receiving room is is the worst in the NFL by by far, by far. So so the the, the team building wise, it's 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 a disaster. I I really I I think that Bob Kraft had every reason, every right. To fire him, fire Belichick in midseason during the season. It's no. it's it's that bad. No, there has to be some loyalty in sports. And no. instead of no, letting Kyle doesn't. talk, instead of letting Kyle talk, I'm just gonna make a quick point real quick where I my genuine opinion for what happened to Belichick is I do think he's one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. But that the only bad part about him having Brady was that it did allow him to become lazy is not the right word, but too stubborn 
too set in his ways. Or you have his number one contemporary, Nick Saban, with the nature of college football, the roster turning over every – like Nick Saban had no choice but to like evolve or die or adapt to every new circumstance where Bill Belichick just did not have to do that. And he his like ha- habits just calcified, and he has not changed them quickly enough. And I don't think it is that he was never good. It's that, that Tom Brady allowed this. him to I, I think- always be Bill. I think the dealer called up and said, "Hey, we've got the the case in the in the whatever has got a hundred thousand in it." Denny, I think we take this because Pat fully capitulated on him being a dust ball at this point. <laughs> that feels like a relative win. I'm going to take that. I don't know yeah. about you, Denny, but I'm taking the deal. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Obviously, look, I, there's no there's no way that I can like present like a real argument for Belichick just being really bad because like, it doesn't throughout, exist throughout his career. I mean, he clearly knows his stuff about defense right i mean the patriots defense is like elite right now like they're they're not allowing like if they had a halfway functional offense they'd be a playoff team unfortunately they don't yeah that's that's a we're all looking for the guy who did this situation which is why he's the dust ball you do almost have to try to draft receivers as poorly yeah you almost literally have to try that's right also there's this thing i don't know if you guys saw this but after the game last week where bailey zappy led the team to victory uh, he he comes up to Belichick yep. and gives him a handshake like like he's a he's a like a, a, a father in law who was in the military for his whole life and doesn't and you're want, meeting doesn't want this kid to marry time, and you are meeting him for the first yeah time. that's not right good after, it, we we know Bailey's vibes were high though because he was celebrating like with other dudes as he came into the locker Bill room O'Brien. and then and then yeah and then as soon as his eyes connect to Belichick he's like oh my god it's business please don't mm-hmm. cut me. Because he literally has been cut this season, right? He got yeah, cut at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Zappy, Zappy actually waved at Belichick at first and then thought better of it. It was like, I should go shake the man's hand. Mm-hmm. And and he Bailey Zappy handled it perfectly, as well as as anybody could, right? But but the fact that, that he's that distant uh, and that detached from the team, I think speaks volumes about not only him as a coach, but him as a person. He did the, the handshake got him an honorable discharge, at least instead of a dishonorable discharge from the Belichick military. Cause he was immediately cut for not being sober enough after the victory. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move on to previewing the week 15 slate. We begin with the stubborn Denver Broncos in the reeling Detroit lions meeting up in Michigan with the lions acting as five point home favorites, Denny Carter, we know the Lions are better at home. Yeah. They haven't really been good anywhere of late. Is there any chance of Jared Goff getting on track against the Broncos, who've really, really been playing excellent defense for months now? And is this profile more as a David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs game? Yeah, I, I don't see any way. If this game turns into a game where they have to lean on Goff and lean, lean, lean on the passing game, as they have done in recent weeks, then it's it's Jover. Like I I don't. That's not going to work. This this Broncos defense, uh, the only it, it, them and the Vikings are neck and neck for the best defense in the league over the past eight weeks. So two two months now. Okay, this is a horrible p- spot for golf and Amon Ross St. Brown in this passing game. It profiles. I mean, look, every Detroit game right now profiles as a David Montgomery game because they head into every game as a favorite. Do I think that they're going to win this game? Absolutely not. Like, like the Broncos are winning this game. And hold on. So you said that neither the Dolphins nor the Lions are going to win another game. That's basically what I've taken from you this week, by the way. Well, the Dolphins are definitely not winning another game. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. We actually can't get sidetracked. I don't, I, I don't know about the Lions, but, but okay. So let me just read you about Montgomery real quick. Uh, the, the Denver defense can be had on the ground since week nine. Denver's allowing the second highest yards before contact per rush. Okay. 
that's that's uh that's a really good stat as far as like big runs go uh, Montgomery it, this is a Montgomery game script like I mentioned he's averaging 17 and a half carries per game in Lions wins so if you project them to win then he should see plenty of volume uh, I I just don't I just don't see that in the cards for the Lions yeah I I do think that the Lions backs will get home and I have both ranked terrifyingly high I do think the Lions or excuse me, I think the Broncos will probably win, but I think it's to stay close enough for both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs to have their will imposed. Do you have an opinion on this, Kyle? And Gibbs and Montgomery? I ranked Montgomery very, very high this week. That's all I'll say. Very, 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 very high. Yeah, I've been doing the support, supporting Russ shtick for a few weeks, but like he's not good. Like he's definitely not good. He's got good numbers. Like he's doing good rushing numbers for his like recent kind of, he's getting older. So their rushing numbers are down. Touchdown rate is top five. Like, Dude, uh, watch, watch, watch tape, brother. <laughs> he's not that good. No, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Lions rebounding here. I do think though something that sort of Denny pointed out is their recent struggles. Like it's everything to do, or it's at least the recent struggles are the exact reason Amon Ross St. Brown's slump has been happening. It's simply that, as Denny pointed out, every game is a Dave Montgomery game because all this team wants to do is run the football. Since week, I believe since week 10, they have a minus 10% pass rate over expected. There's only minus 2% for the first 10 weeks of the season. They were a pretty balanced team to start the year. I mean, for two months or more. And since they've basically gotten both of their running backs back, they are just pounding the rock. So the volume is down. But then Jared Goff has been playing worse of lately. So there's less volume, way less efficiency. And Amon Ross still kind of gotten there with, I think, two touchdowns over the past four weeks. But he has no 100-yard games in the past four weeks. If Goff doesn't turn around or if the Lions don't pass more, we know they don't want to do that. We're probably stuck at like the wide receiver one, two border for Amon Ra. I think I have him ranked as the wide receiver 10. So right there in those borderlands. And we hit it, hinted at a lot of this already, Denny, but are we streaming Russell Wilson this week? Do we have Russell Wilson ranked ahead of Jared Goff? I agree with Kyle. There's not much juice left to squeeze out of the Russell Wilson orange. I do have him ranked ever so slightly ahead of Jared Goff this week because I think it was Josh Norris, Rich Rebar via Josh Norris tweeted, the Lions haven't allowed like a QB one since like week six or something. Yeah, yeah. And the Lions are hemorrhaging passing game production. Are we streaming Russell Wilson this week? Even though, as Kyle confirmed, he is not good. No, he's not. But uh, by the way, you, you meant the, the Broncos haven't allowed a QB one since. Yeah, sorry, excuse That's, me. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the Lions allow the QB one performance every week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you could throw – Russ in there hope for hope for some rushing I mean he's still taking the shots like it's 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 all or nothing with Russ right now I mean he's, he's he is going downfield a good amount man Cortland Sutton is getting away with it in ways that are driving me insane um <laughs> he's, not, but, he's not getting away with it he's just an old-fashioned actual NFL boundary right. threat that's fair put some I'm respect on, on his name Denny here to catch some cutters. I don't know what your job is my I job mean, is to score touchdowns I mean but literally like every single green zone uh, target he gets is a touchdown. So it's. I think he has. I think he's played like thirteen games. Has nine nine games with a touchdown. Like he's scoring at a seventy five percent clip on a. He's their goal line season. running back. It's why Javante Williams is worthless. Right. But somehow yeah. the goal line also extends to forty yard attempts. He does, he is getting away with it. But it's because he's good. He's a baller. He is good. He is good. You know who's not good? Jerry Judy. Who? Not good. Oh, no. no. Uh, by the way, I just acquired him for a third-round pick in Deep. our Dynasty League. Oh, that's uh, a steal, though. He might not be good, but that's a steal. <laughs> it actually is a steal, to be honest, because uh, when he signs with you know the Chiefs next year, 
they have a long history of turning around. Yeah. Underperforming, oh, frustrating. They receivers. love doing that. Yeah. You're locking them in for 700 yards, three scores, and a week 17 benching. <laughs> so I have, it's already money in the bank. Uh, speaking of money in the bank, uh, we need more of it. So we have to read a promo. We'll be right back. You nailed it. After this. That's good. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Rotoworld Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com slash holiday bundle and use the promo code holiday23 at checkout to receive 25% off in a $10 Fanatics gift card. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The backup starting Vikings. Oh, man, what is the, what did I write here? Uh, Vikings <laughs> and Bengals. I uh, both have backup quarterbacks. And they're meeting up in in Cincinnati with a total right around 40 and the Bengals getting three points at home right there on the Ohio river. Kyle Jake Browning has been one of the season's biggest surprises over the past two weeks, but I would have to assume the party comes to a screeching halt versus Brian Flores. Is this correct? Yeah. I mean, it's probably true on top of the fact that the Vikings really had like one or two soft weeks to start the year since week four, I believe it is. They are the number one defense in EPA per play allowed. They've been a complete 180. Really, I want to say since the start of the season, but functionally, that's probably a product of small sample size. When you give them the course of the season, they start looking better and better to the point where one of the best defenses in the league right now. And Jake Browning for as good as he has played, has really gotten away with it in terms of getting a ton of yards off Yak. Just shy of two-thirds of his yards have come off yards after the catch. He had like nearly 150 yards after the catch on like three pass attempts to running backs last week alone. I think, you know, some yards after the catch are absolutely earned and like touchdowns to the catch or touchdowns after the catch are earned in that more accurate passes generate yak better than yeah, less so accurate it's a good, passes. It's a good thing when Brock Purdy does it. <laughs> so, you know, some credit is due on the yards after the catch. Two thirds feels like a very optimistic projection going forward. So we're probably due for some regression there. He gets a really difficult matchup and he's been rushing for touchdowns too. And that's just not going to sustain. He's got, I think, back-to-back rushing touchdowns. It's probably a spot where all the regression hits plus the defense where I'm not reaching to him as the top streaming option. Streaming options are thin this week. So he's definitely in the conversation. It's a horrible week. It's crazy. (laughs) It's very bad. Um, and just you hinted it, not hinted it. You laid out Brian Flores' defensive dominance, and he's been scrambling like good veteran quarterbacks. Just Jake Browning has done an amazing job, all things considered, for his third career start or whatever. It just seems like too big of a task, really. And I have him very down in the streamer rankings. Danny, do you have any Jake Browning thoughts there? Are you ready to move yeah, on I mean, to the backfield dynamic yeah. with yeah, Chase I, Brown? I am, but Browning is in the regression files in the in the bad place. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm with Kyle there. Uh, yeah. So the the Chase Brown thing is is fun and cool. And yes, I have him on every team. 
Um, but over the past two games, Joe Mixon has a huge edge in snaps. He's out carried Brown 40 to 17 in those two games. Uh, Mixon has 44 routes over those two games. Brown has eight, eight routes. He has three catches for 80 yards on those eight routes. So he has been what we call in the business efficient, uh, on his, on his past routes. Uh, Minnesota is allowing the eighth lowest rushing success rate over the second half of the season, allowing the third lowest yards before contact per rush the Bengals are a uh sorry i that, that that forget what i just said about the Bengals. anyway minnesota is a nightmare matchup well uh, you thought you would stuck the the mealy mouth stat landing so well you were like simone biles like give me the gold medal yeah, and then you and got distracted and couldn't finish the rest of your I, I i i carried on <laughs> with my notes and the notes should have been <laughs> separated oh <laughs> uh, well um uh th- this is all to say that you literally can't start Chase Brown in any. Game. Yeah, it would have been just easier to say that. Um, Actually, I could have, that. <laughs> have you tried? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had him initially penciled in for start sits as an obvious sit, and I was like, he's so far off the radar that it feels like low hanging fruit to call him a sit. Yeah, it's just it is interesting. Like, I feel like if you're truly desperate in like a 14 team league, you could be like maybe Chase Brown scores a 41 yard touchdown, but. That's I mean, the extent of his fantasy appeal. He is fast. You know, he's very, very he's nearly as fast as Tyreek Hill, folks. It's a hope and a prayer play, though, as you guys laid out in very illuminating fashion. Uh, Kyle, though, with the backfield, too, with the, the Vikings is a bit – I can't speak today. Vikings backfield. Alexander Madison has been officially ruled out with this ankle injury. Oh, We're all uh, – a nation turns its lonely eyes to Ty Chandler. We desperately – Desperately, desperately need RB2 numbers from Ty Chandler, oh. Kyle. I'm not going to name names. Uh, will we get them? Probably. I mean, he the only competition in the backfield last week was Kenny Nwongwu. Nwongwu's a special teamer, a returner. He's good at that. But he out, or Ty Chandler outsnapped Nwongwu 40-3. to It was a complete takeover of the backfield. And not that he had been trending towards being the starter, but he had been carving out a role for himself already, specifically as a pass catcher. So if you're combining early down work that he's probably going to be more efficient on than Alexander Madison, because that's a very low bar to cross, plus passing down work, RB2 numbers feel like the floor. Like he feels like he's in that ugly Ezekiel Elliott zone of like, dude, touches Ooh. are touches. And this I guy's like getting it. 20 of them. I have Zeke ranked as, I think, the RB12 on the dot this oh, week. Oh, unreal. It's a little high. I think I was like the 16. Denny, what were you going to say there on Ty Chandler? Ty Chandler's getting there. He's getting there, folks. Uh, the Bengals are a really bad run defense. Teams are hammering them. I'm not going to bore you with the numbers, but teams are hammering them when they get a lead. I think the Vikings will get a lead. Also, Nick Mullins being a Cousins-esque distributor of the ball is going to be so, so fun for Chandler and for Hawkinson. So you think that you think Nick Mullins is good? Kyle Shanahan did No, I'm just saying... I'm just saying from from a from a fantasy standpoint, uh, you know, Dobbs was taking rushing attempts away with his with his rushing rushing would, touchdowns away too. He was scoring rushing touchdowns at right, a, right, unsustainable he, clip, and now those are gone. He wasn't really throwing uh, uh, near the line of scrimmage. That that all changes with Mullins. Mullins is not going to run once this in this game, and and uh, Chandler's going to. I don't know. He could he could luck into like eight targets here. Really quick, we didn't even mention Justin Jefferson. He's technically questionable, but he said he's playing. Can we trust him as a wide receiver one? Yeah. It's a lower end wide receiver one. Do we still trust him in the top 12? You better yeah. believe it. Yeah, I think so. All right, perfect. Moving on. The Indianapolis Colts are one and a half point home favorites against the Steelers team starting Mitch Trubisky, Denny Carter. Is the Gardner Minshew, though, scam on the other side of the ball on its last legs? Is this Colts offense Michael Pittman and no one else? Zach Moss 
as Kyle loves to point out, is the first chalk play in the history of DFS to not get home this year. Is this offense seriously only Michael Pittman? For and, and by the way, Zach Moss accomplished that feat two weeks in a row. He did. <laughs> mega, mega giga chalk, and uh, he failed twice. So he he, he is now uh, distinguished as the only person to ever fail only chalk option. Anyway, all right. Wow. Yeah. So to get to your question, yes. Uh, yes, it is only Michael Pittman and literally no one else. Since since Gardner Minshew took over, Pittman has a 32% target share. Downs Josh Downs is second on the team with a 16% target share. Pittman is being targeted on 32% of his routes with Minshew under center, 40% first route, first read targets. And guys, the Steelers are a pass funnel. Uh, and I think the Colts will be forced to throw. Minshew needs volume. And so you you asked about is the Minshew scam over? I don't think it is. I actually think that we can we can keep this scam going one more week against the Steelers. Michael Pittman, just imagine if he ever did anything too with these eight catches that he gets every single week. I, I'm not going to question it. You know, I'm just not going to question it. It he he. I was wrong on him because I thought Anthony Richardson was going to start. I was wrong on him. I'm just going to shut up and tell you he's seeing all the targets. He is seeing all the targets. Kyle, who is going to see the targets for the Steelers? Things were pretty bleak last week, although I believe I saw the stat that Mitch Trubisky had more fantasy points in that game than Kenny Pickett's ever had in the game, and it was <laughs> one of the worst starts I've seen all season. Uh, what is... <laughs> that might be true. It sounds true. A lot of guys have more fantasy points than uh, the best Kenny Pickett game, like a ton, a disgusting so, amount. What is the offensive outlook then for this team? Against the Colts defense, that's really good in fantasy, by the way, for some reason. Much better in fantasy. Than oh, yeah. Players. They're scoring a bunch of touchdowns this year or something, I think. <laughs> um, no, I, I would, I'm not a defensive expert, so I don't know what they're <laughs> doing or not. But they are actually a really good defense overall, too. It's not just fantasy. They've been like a top 10 unit EPA per drop back. And that's bad for Mitch Drabisky because he's not good. He's averaging under six yards per attempt, under a 4% touchdown rate, and my only qualm with the uh, can the Minshew scam keep going is I don't see how this team puts up points with Mitch Trubisky or had it been Kenny Pickett. Under yeah, seven. right, right. Uh, just final note of this game, then. We talked about Zach Moss not getting home the past two weeks. We do know that he's still getting every single touch. Do we have to run it back with him? As an yes, RB1 we do. Streamer? I swear to God. All right, all right. All right. So the, the slappies will get home this week is what we're saying. Um, no, 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 he's not. No, 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 guys. He's we're off. He's not. That's chalk. true. He's not a chocolate play anymore. No. <laughs> so he's no, finally no, no. Safe his, price, his price has gone up. Yeah, all the sharps who were playing him went broke. Now they have no more money to play him, so he'll be under a. Right, I forget. Week. I forget. This is like nine-dimensional chess when it comes to DFS yeah, and roster uh, ownership and things of that nature. The Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, do battle in the latest of a never-ending series of games of the century for both teams. Seriously, mm-hmm. every week. Both these teams are playing like the number one seed in the opposing conference. This one features the Bills as two-point home favorites, Kyle. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this does not seem like a great spot for Steph Diggs to break his slump, does it? I know that the game total implies otherwise. I know DK Metcalf implied otherwise two weeks ago. <laughs> Can Steph actually break his slump against this really good Cowboys defense? Yeah, I mean, the, the Cowboys have allowed the 25th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Not dreadful, but obviously well below average. Uh, their third in EPA per dropback allowed. The fact that they're not even lower against wide receivers is probably just a function of volume and a few big plays. Uh, but the good news is Diggs is coming off a 30% target share for the first time since week eight. Basically, the moment they brought Dawson Knox back in the lineup, they started using Diggs more like we had seen through the first seven weeks of the season. Dalton Kincaid's role didn't completely disappear, but it may be not the same as it was 
Sands, uh, Dawson Knox in the lineup. So I actually do think this is because of the total and most importantly, because Diggs was playing a wide receiver 1A role when Dalton Kincaid was more prominent. Now is probably just straight up the wide receiver one again with no caveats. That's really why I think this is probably the bounce back spot for Diggs. That's interesting. I actually had not thought of it that way. And Danny, I was going to ask you about James Cook, but I'll ask you about James Cook in a minute. What is Dalton Kincaid's status with Dawson Knox back in lineup? He still caught five passes last week. I believe it was 21 yards. It was by far his fewest. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was his fewest since the last time Dawson Knox was in the lineup. What's going on with Dalton Kincaid? Is, is this going to get like really annoying in fantasy? No, no, no. I it, He ran cold. There's nothing else to it here. Uh, he ran 94% of the routes last week, saw seven targets, ran 70% of his routes from the slot. Uh, Dawson Knox, um, three, three targets, ran a route on 35% of Josh Allen's drop back. So um, I thought that Knox would be really bad for Kincaid, but uh, his usage was fine. He'll, he'll, he'll be good. You keep starting. I think Knox is probably bad for the, I mean, it is de facto bad for the third receiver, which he now is, but Dawson Knox isn't a target earner. So you're just putting a, a quote wind sprinter out there because Dawson Knox in the pecking order is obviously presenting no threat to Stefan Diggs, isn't presenting much of a threat to Dalton Kincaid. So you're kind of just throwing an extra lineman out there, which de facto is going to put a lot more targets in the hands of the players we care about. Except for that, unless you need a Khalil Shakir, then it's over, buddy. Yeah, Khalil Shakir's over, yeah. That's uh, Thankfully, I it's not a joke. I was eliminated in both leagues where I had to start Khalil Shakir last week. <laughs> so uh, it's quite literally. You over. lucked out. I did. Then he said, James Cook. Yeah, he survived and thrived post Ken Dorsey. He still hasn't really like exploded. He's been very settled in though, like the top 18, 20. Uh, give us a check in on his usage and maybe an, his outlook against the Dallas Cowboys. And again, a game total fifty yeah. and a half. Yeah, I, I think the the Bills basically said like Josh, you got you got to check it down sometimes, and uh, and I, that that's worked out. James Cook's usage is actually crazy right now. I I was shocked to see fifty four touches. Over his past three games, fifty-four for James Cook. Uh, thirteen, captain, my captain. Yeah, thirteen percent target share over those three games. Uh, importantly, like he's become, and the reason I say that Josh Allen clearly has been, you know, told, please, Josh, check it down. Sometimes uh, James Cook has been targeted on thirty-seven percent of his routes over those past three games. Um, you compare that to the first ten weeks of the season when he was targeted on sixteen percent of his routes. So. It, it really is a huge change uh, in his role in this offense. And he's fended off, you know, uh, the old guys, uh, Latavius Murray and uh, Fournette. Very quick aside on James Cook. I made him the, the picture for my running backs article this week. Yeah. And searching Getty images for a picture of James Cook, all the top results were like illustrations of the famed British sea captain, oh. James Cook, <laughs> and Arctic Monkeys rhythm guitarist, Jamie Cook. Oh, really? And James <laughs> Cook, I had to... Uh, update my search to James Cook Bills to find a picture of the running back. And then I did a very delightful one. But yeah, he is not, he's not getting any love from Getty. James Cook's been dead for like 230 years and he's still <laughs> dominating the Getty search. Big James score. Cook, yeah. James Cook has got to get his stats up. Kyle, the Cowboys pretty settled in offense, about as stable, as predictable of a unit as there is. One minor exception has been Jake Ferguson just getting higher and higher in the rankings every week, producing every week. Is he now a top five tight end one? It doesn't really matter. If you have him, you're starting him. But would you call him a top five tight end one? 
I don't quite have him as a top five tight end. He's only ninth in the NFL in targets, 12th in air yards. The one thing he's gotten home on is he's first in, at least among receiver, or at least among tight ends, in end zone targets, which makes sense. The team is passing a lot. They get near the end zone a lot, and he's good in that role. So I probably still don't have him as top five because, like, the true elite target earners still comprise that group. But, like, it's semantics if I'm calling him six or seven. Yeah, either way, you are starting him. Either way, we probably like this game environment. With, man, remember when every game total was north of 50? Like, Those were the days, man. I'm serious. We, you'd go half a season. There wouldn't be a single game total under 40. Now every week it's like, well, let's skip through the first seven or eight game totals. There are 34 and a half. Um, it's been every, let's make every team Iowa again. It's been really, really great stuff from the NFL this year. I digress. We digress. We move on. You see, pre- sup- cannot speak. The supremely banged up Houston Texans find themselves as road underdogs in Tennessee, Denny, with everything on the line this week. Can we trust that is in fantasy, everything on the line? Can we trust any Texans pass catcher if it's Davis Mills under center? CJ Stroud, as of Thursday afternoon, has yet to resume practicing. Yeah, I mean, look, Noah Brown. Yeah, cut his mic. Yeah, just cut it. I thought he was supposed to say no. Wait, no, no. I, I, I do think Noah Brown is a guy you can start. Uh yeah, seven targets over the past two weeks, zero. How many four. catches on those? Zero receptions, but that doesn't But matter. did you get any yards on the no catches? Is that a possibility? <laughs> he has, I, as far as I know, he has zero yards on those zero catches. So You can get zero yards and no catches, as we learned, as we went through the we lateral did talk about rules. This yeah. All right. <laughs> so. but, well, listen, listen. Here's, here's, here's why. Here's why I say you just, you, you, I think you just got to roll with them because Nico Collins and Tank Dell have combined for 62% of Houston's air yards and 41% of their targets uh, this season, 45% of their red zone targets. Like, I mean, it's just got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. And honestly, it's either him or maybe John Mechie. That's the, the, those are the two. Well, Robert Woods is still around. He had one catch for negative two yards last week. So he kind of wishes he'd had zero catches. Yeah, I don't know. Denny, what about Dalton Schultz? It seems like he's going to play. He hasn't gotten in a full practice still. Would you prior if for some reason you could choose? You could only choose Noah Brown or Dalton Schultz. Who would you choose? Noah Brown or Dalton Schultz. Uh I, I would choose Brown. So Schultz makes me nervous because he's banged up. And last time we saw him playing banged up, he split the routes with Brevin Jordan. Schultz Brevin, was full on Monday or on Wednesday. He should he was, I'd imagine he, good to go. He yeah, was very limited on Thursday, Kyle, for some reason. But yeah. See, I, I do I do think that you need to be careful with Schultz. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. Uh, for this game. Uh, also, Brevin Jordan just happens to be way better. So I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that's where you were taking it. It does Me seem like either. he cannot get yeah. healthy. Dalton Schultz has tried to get healthy. So he's looked very powerfully into getting healthy. <laughs> he's, he's been unable to do it so far. So I, I have him right on the tight end one, two borderline. He looked like he was a set and forget tight end one. Then he got hurt. Like you say, he started splitting snaps. Has not been working. On the other side of the ball, can DeAndre Hopkins stay high? I think he has 12 targets each of the past two weeks. Big-time fantasy game against the Miami Dolphins. Tough defense on Monday night. Uh, the Houston Texans do not have a tough defense. Can Nuke Hopkins stay hot? Yeah, probably. He's got 400 air yards in the past two weeks. Whenever they move past the sticks, it goes to him, and he's playing at a really high level still. The only concern here would be if Stroud doesn't play like, man, what kind of game is this going to be? We talk about the low totals of the season. We're getting 35 Derrick Henry carries. However, I still think that you're getting a ton of target share and air yard share, so much so that you have to play him. It's just whether this game is modestly interesting with the best rookie quarterback of recent memory under center or if it's a run fest. 
at which point you're still playing them. It's just, it is less exciting to be fair. And if it's a run fest, we just don't really know. I mean, I guess it's probably Devin Singletary and not Damian Pierce. It's been, they're, they're one, yeah. they're both one for two in leading the backfield since Damian Pierce came back. I, I, in theory, I guess I would love to say, who even cares? Just don't play either of them. We know people are going to be in a position <laughs> where they have to play one of them, though. Is it Devin Singletary, Kyle? Just just going on who had the hot hand most recently and who has had yep. the hot hand most of the year? That's a good point. I do think that's a good point is even if it is Damian Pierce, I don't know how rewarded you are if you play him and he gets more of the carries because he's been so much less efficient than Devin Singletary to where like, sure, maybe you get 12, 13 carries, but he's been so inefficient. I don't know how much you care. Whereas if Singletary goes out and gets 15 or so, that's maybe notable. It's at least worth considering. So both the what do you win when you win? And like you said, Devin Singletary did get the hot hand treatment last week. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. If you place the Devin Singletary bet, you might not win, but you might actually win. If you yeah. place the Damian Pierce bet, you are not winning either way. Um, very good analysis that I tried to dumb down. That I probably didn't need to. But the Packers are trying to rebound from a Monday night disappointment as three and a half point home favorites against the Bucks, Kyle. They will presumably be doing so without Christian Watson. We know Watson's absence affects Jordan Love. How does it change things in the Packers receiver core? It sort of feels like Jaden Reed season, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, Reed isn't running more routes, but I'm not convinced he's not the best receiver on this team. He's crushing in terms of the targets he earns, even when he's only getting two-thirds of the team's routes. They have kind of deployed a bit of a uh, committee for that like third wide receiver role, and even the second. Dontavian Wicks also banged up, so maybe we get the full complement of routes for someone like Jaden Reed. He's also got, like as far as receivers go, a really strong rushing profile where he's just adding an extra 15, 20 yards, sometimes a touchdown. I will note, last week, he was used exclusively at the line of scrimmage. He had the second-fewest receiving yards in a game for a receiver with eight-plus catches in NFL history. He had two more air yards than targets. Wow. That's uh, but, but the good news is yes. <laughs> that's the PPR scam. We fire up the PPR scam with eight catches for let's not worry about how many yards, but in your standard leagues and around touchdown, both ends are covered. And they, they've really got, they think he's Debo 2.0 uh, Debo. I don't think has ever had only 27 yards on eight catches, but they think he's Debo 2.0. You've got to like that in fantasy. Uh, real quick, is there anything you got to like with Aaron Jones? It seems like he's going to play. Every time he plays, he immediately gets hurt again. When he does finish a game, it's always like 20 touches for 62 yards. Do either, either of you even have an opinion on Aaron Jones? Against the Bucks defense, I don't think it's like great on the ground anymore, but it's still better on the ground than it is through the air. I mean, I, th- I do think that the Packers will be forced to drop back a lot, barring some sort of weird game script. That's probably good for Jones as far as route running and maybe some some PPR scammy type stuff. But as far as rushing goes, um, this Packers team is not doing it against the Bucs. It's just not. And he's just not doing it. He's probably just not healthy enough to do it this year. Aaron Jones is like the classic. He needs the offseason here immediately. He's not getting healthy with whatever he's dealing with right now. And see, Denny, anything yeah. worth mentioning with the Bucs? I, I called the Cowboys a stable offense. Uh, the Bucks might be the most stable. Just nothing changes in this offense. Has anything changed that's worth mentioning? I, I mean, look, uh, Chris Godwin's wife complained about his target share, uh, and he was immediately it was the it was the squeaky squeaky spouse wheel uh, and, and theory, and it worked. Eleven targets that led the team last week for Chris Godwin. I don't really see that carrying over though. Um, it, it, look, the Bucks are trying to win the NFC South, okay, and they're not going to. They're they're going. Baker Mayfield is going to pepper. Mike Evans with targets down the stretch. Uh, he has all season. I think that'll just continue. 
uh, this week. I will say the Packers are a top five run funnel defense and have been pretty much all year. Uh, Rashad White has 60 of 71 running back carries in, in the Tampa backfield over the past three games. And since week nine, Green Bay opponents uh, are running at a 49% rate when the game was in, is within seven points either way. Uh, so p- the teams are establishing it. I think the the Bucks could could do that here, and Rashad White could uh, get home on volume. Producer Adam does remind Chris Godwin is dealing with an injury. He's yes, got he a did. knee. He didn't practice Wednesday. He wasn't practicing it on Thursday. I will say Chris Godwin does the salt thing sort of thing fairly often. I wouldn't be ringing the alarm bells. All time three DNPs and removed from the injury report on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's probably not the most likely outcome. <laughs> yeah, I, w- yeah. I would not say that he's out yet. So, Denny, by the way, you're not buying the target. The, excuse me. The you're not buying the narrative that Mike Evans reached a thousand yards and then just immediately pieced no. out. No, no, no. Because he he actually got real unlucky last week. He almost had a touchdown. His hand was out of bounds before his second foot was by like a like a. What was his hand doing down there? Don't he put should, that down there. Yeah, I, I know. Don't try to don't try to cushion the blow. You know, you 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 go face first into the ground. Say, it's how you cushion the blow if you want to break your wrist. Fall on your face. Yes, <laughs> simply fall on your face. Um. Uh. Yeah. So he he Mike Evans should have had a pr- pretty ga- big game last week. I think he's going to have one here. We don't know Jair Alexander's status. That could be important. Mike Evans, as we know, loves to duel with opposing numbers. Sometimes, maybe literally, at some point with Marshawn Lattimore. There's a lot of yeah. fighting. There is a lot, a lot of fighting. They play during the fantasy playoffs. Uh, we hope you're in the fantasy playoffs. We'll help you get there right after this. This Sunday is an AFC showdown of playoff implications when Lamar Jackson and the Ravens travel to Jacksonville, Florida for a date with the Jaguars. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Which, of course, brings us to Sunday Night Football. The aforementioned Ravens at the Jags is a 42.5 total. The Ravens are 3.5-point favorites. The Jags are kind of limping along. The Ravens are kind of surging again. But the Ravens have a classic team. They have momentum until they don't. Uh, Denny, mm-hmm. they have momentum right now. You know I've complained about the Ravens in the past and their, their real-life offensive effectiveness yeah. not really manifesting itself in fantasy football. It finally did in quite vivid fashion in Week 14. Can they keep it going in Week 15 against the soft Jaguars defense? Yeah, I, 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 do, I do think that they're going to be in a very similar spot the Ravens as they were last week against the Rams, the Rams I mentioned in the funnel defense report last week have become a, a very reliable pass funnel uh, over the past like six weeks. The Jags on the other hand have been a pass funnel all season from week one. Uh, the, the Basically no one has had real success on the ground against Jacksonville this year. 
if the if the Ravens once again lean into the passing attack, and I think we have good reason they they have good reason to do that because it was it was very it was very successful last week. I mean, we're talking we're talking like no one had a higher neutral pass rate than the Ravens last week. I think we're going to see a similar thing this week, and I think that that should fu- fuel the sort of volume that like Isaiah likely needs Flowers, maybe Odell. I you know you you're you're rolling with these guys and you're feeling pretty confident. Please. You hear that, Patty said, maybe Odell. I know we had the whole conversation last week. He names all the players like, oh, I guess Odell can get there too. Well, the the fact that he's running like 50% of the routes, that's driving me nuts. But The fact that he's better than Zay Flowers every single week doesn't matter. I think think they're trying trying desperately to keep Odell upright for the playoffs. It's almost certainly the case. Like he immediately got banged up early in the season, and then he comes back, and they, despite his incredible play, don't ramp up his routes. 100%. He's a dude with like, you know, probably bad, almost certainly bad knees. Yeah. Who's thirty-something years old, but is also an integral part of the passing attack. He's, this team's Jarek McKinnon. Don't play him until don't play oh. him until you figure out what you want to do in week That's seventeen. Good. Toy around with the weird stuff, and then maybe he gets a full route run in the playoffs. Or if not, he's still a pretty good play. I gotta say, it's a stunning comeback for him. I thought it was yeah. one of the most questionable signings in recent memory, giving him fifteen million dollars. I mean, and he is overpaid by the letter of the law, but they don't care about that right now. They've been caught short so many times in the receiver depth department. And it's a a signing I did not think would work that has really, really worked. Kyle, on the other side of the ball, everyone thought the same thing about Christian Kirk. Uh, He has worked as a signing in Jacksonville. He's out. He was out in week 14. How did things shake out with Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram's beasting. Calvin (laughs) Ridley, uh, He's got a personal vendetta against me. He really wants to bank. You got a lot of targets, though. Does your league value purely targets? Does it give you like points for any of that? I actually I mentioned target share to the bank examiner, and he said he had to mute himself real quick. <laughs> when, he, when he came back after 72 seconds, I could tell he was still trying not to laugh. <laughs> I mean, that is the, uh, the Calvin Ridley story, isn't it? It's really weird. Without Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram is like the only intermediate option for this team. He has an ADOT below five this year. And then both Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley have ADOTs over 14. So they have two options. Chuck it up deep to one of their two wide receivers or a complete check down to Evan Ingram. The Ravens do not give up explosive plays. So as much as like, I didn't draft a lot of Evan Ingram. Like, oh, this guy is just like a check down guy. He's going to get away with it this week because that's really their only option to complete short to intermediate passes. So what is your guys' opinion on starting Trevor Lawrence against this defense? He had a usable day against the similarly elite (laughs) Browns defense last week. He had to toss three interceptions to get there, though. Matthew Stafford did just pass all over the Ravens. All year, the Ravens have looked at me like the candidate where their numbers are so skewed, like the the light slate they faced. But – it's week 15. Can we really keep making that argument? I mean, Matthew Stafford did throw over them, which got me suspicious again. But can we trust Trevor Lawrence, who's probably still can barely move on his high ankle sprain? What are your guys' thoughts on that? If he gets that volume again, I mean, 54 dropbacks against Cleveland, I, I think that, you know, it could happen. And and I think this game sets up for a lot of, a lot of plays. Um, because yeah, if the Ravens are running that pass-heavy stuff again, like yeah. it could look a lot like it did in Cleveland to where, like, by hook or by crook, lots of pass attempts. We'll probably get Trevor Lawrence there because he's not dreadful. Even the way he played last week, still Denny a number of good throws. Is, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Denny thinks he's dreadful. He's probably a little he's overrated. No, Denny <laughs> thinks he's dreadful. That's fine. I don't. That's Denny not, thinks I, every the second you're drafted to number one overall, Denny thinks you're awful. Kyler I, Murray stinks. I like Trevor that. Lawrence I stinks. Like Bryce that. Young stinks. Well, look, Trevor Lawrence is not small. That's what I'll say about him. <laughs> yes, uh, 
you know, so big. he has that going for him. By the way, uh, Kyle saying by hook or by crook is the oldest thing as, know. He, as, as ever. I didn't know. Kyle, Kyle's read a book. Congratulations. He picked up a phrase <laughs> in a book. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's what, you know, it's one of the things that came up in my reading lessons. I've been trying to figure out the whole reading thing recently. I've been trying to learn to read. He's only been reading in zeros and ones on the show. He's <laughs> reading words the whole time. He's just reading data. Um, but yeah, he's learning how to read actual words now. So we, we love it coming off the most stunning loss of the season. The Miami dolphins are nevertheless eight and a half point home favorites against the jets. Kyle, it has been a while since we've seen this dolphins offensive machine revved all the way up. Are guessing we won't against the jets this week. Even if Tyreek Hill is healthy, I think Tyreek Hill is going to play, but it is genuinely uncertain. What is the dolphins offensive outlook against the jets team? They kind of just messed around on black Friday. That was a weird game. The Jets like have like hope again, I guess. <laughs> what are you expecting to see from the Dolphins offense? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd take a more run-heavy approach in this one. The Jets are one of the best pass defenses in the league. They're also pretty good against the run, but they do give up a little more explosive plays on the ground and a little more or a little less through the air. And like you said, Tyreek Hill is, is probably playing and is probably nowhere close to 100%. Also, Devon Achan banged up. So it sets up for a really good Raheem Mostert spot. Mm-hmm. I think they ended up trying to run the ball and getting out with a low scoring win, which versus the Jets is typically a winning recipe. And teams have chosen to run against the Jets at the highest highest run rate over expected, the inverse of pass rate over expected in the NFL this year. And it's not really even a close argument on who's getting the most run funnel type of action. So yeah, probably lots for Raheem Mostert. Like, like we talked about with Hill, if HM plays, I don't know what incentive they have to give him a lot of touches. We've also said that, and like you said, uh, you know, we we did see at least one good Dolphins game two weeks ago when they dropped 45 on the Commanders, and that was the game in which HM, I was like, oh, they're going to give him a dozen touches and shut him down by the third quarter, and all of his touches, which were like 20, came in the second half. So if he's playing, and if Tyreek Hill's playing, they're some of the best players in the position. You have to play them and live with the results. I do with Tyreek. I want there were two touchdown favorites and lost to the Titans. So I doubt they're taking any game for granted. Yeah. I still wouldn't be surprised if he's not anywhere close to 100%. If they do hold him out, just trying to keep their eyes in the bigger picture. But I think they're probably too afraid of losing this game. And Denny, I know you, it's probably a bit where you say you don't think the Dolphins are going to win another game. But what mm-hmm. does make you concerned about the Dolphins, especially heading into this matchup? They had a key offensive line injury. I think their center went down with a season ending down. Connor. And they, they, Connor Williams, and they immediately had a botch snap after they did. it. It was like three plays later and they lost it. <laughs> they did. They, uh, A-chan's banged up. Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, like Kyle said, I mean, he's a tough guy. He, he often plays hurt, but he's not going to be as effective. They're playing this game against uh, a, a Jets defense that just shuts down boundary receivers. Like, it's, it's going to require a really poor game from the Jets in order for the Dolphins to 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 win here. And well, that could happen because the Jets, are not <laughs> Jets never play a poor game. But I, I do want to say, I, I just, the vibes, guys, there are some vibes happening in this game. The vibes are very good for the Jets right now, whether you like I it or not. And I, Jets. No one denies it. Listen, I don't like it. I don't like the good vibes for the Jets. You know that about me. But Zach Wilson, <laughs> quote, according to his teammates, doesn't give an F anymore. Okay, and he played like it last week, and I think that he'll continue to play like it against the against the Dolphins. I, if I'm a Dolphins fan, man, I am terrified. The cartel has already taken everything he knew and loved. So Zach Wilson's back with nothing to lose and a that, bad attitude. That's uh, he's the Punisher. He is. He's the Punisher. And 
the Dolphins, the Dolphins just still strike me as the ultimate injuries off team. Like they're awe inspiring yeah. yeah. when everyone's healthy, but Devin Achan, it's like you. It's just like who could have seen this coming? You know, wow, the hmm. the five eight hundred eighty pound running back is probably just silly all along to make. Uh, it's just silly all along to have him for forecast for such a big role for them to give him such a big role. Yeah, they needed to pick their spots better with him. He might play in this game though. Denny, real quick, part of the Jets' vibes, Brees Hall had his best game as a receiver yeah. last week. Eight catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, can he still be in the top 24 this week, even though all 32 teams are active? Look, I, I mentioned this before, and it just continues happening. Anytime Zach Wilson's under center for, for the Jets, they're they're pass heavy. They were 11% over their expected dropback rate against Houston last week. They're they're usually... The game was a torrential downpour yeah, when Houston couldn't score a point, they, and all their receivers either entered the game inactive or left Chad was in a rowboat. <laughs> Dude, he was out there swimming to the first down, never got close. And as Denny points out, they were the highest pass rate over expected team in the league last week. They were, and and they're usually double digit percentage over drop their expected drop back rate when Zach Wilson uh, plays. So uh, Brees Hall saw nine carries uh, against Houston, but ended up having a really good fantasy day because he caught eight of nine targets. He ran around on 65% of Zach Wilson's dropbacks. Um, last time the, these two teams played, Brees Hall had nine targets. Uh, new uh, Jets running backs combined for 14 targets against these Dolphins. So I think that I think we have a, a formula. I think we have a formula for Brees Hall. It doesn't really matter what he does on the ground. He's going to see a lot of uh, a lot of checkdowns. And by the way, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall combined for a 72 percent target share last week. <laughs> Denny, real quick question off script: uh, Where will your God be when the Dolphins win 42 to seven? It, I we're gonna have to look for for my God, uh, but uh, I do. I my God's gonna be present because the Jets are gonna win sixteen to twelve. So we are looking everywhere for Den- for Denny's God, and he's saying Denny can only live if he drinks the Panera Five Loco. It has to be a two liter bottle. I it. won't do it. It can't just be sixteen ounces or whatever. You need to have two liters of the poison lemonade to live, Denny. Just think long and hard about it, okay? <laughs> Uh, the Chiefs are roughly touchdown favorites against a Patriots team that finally got a dub in Week 14. Denny Carter. The main yep. storyline remains the Chiefs and their offensive struggles. At least on papers, paper, the Pats do not qualify as an obvious bounce back spot. Is this correct? It is correct. You look at all the EPA data, folks, and I did, and none of it's good for uh, opponents uh, of the Patriots. They are shutting down everything, uh, in, in, including. Uh, including the passing offense and, and they're neither a run nor a pass funnel. Like, so it's, it's really hard to like see a path. And to... yet you said Bill Belichick has never been good. <sighs> <laughs> curious. It is curious. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you guys, where do you have Mahomes? Where do you, where is my God now? Is my well, God. as Kyle, as Kyle referenced, it's such a bad week for quarterback. He's still safely in the top 12. I think I was QB six, Kyle. Oh, I have them lower. I so I, this was I, I did this AMA on Reddit earlier today, and I got Stafford versus Mahomes four times. I went Stafford. Yeah. I, every time. They, they, are you sure? Because uh, no, I, I know it was just double checking. Like I sure? know you've answered this five times, but how confident do you feel in said answer? But I mean, like Vegas is really confident that the Rams are putting up points, second highest implied team total. Whereas, oh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Chiefs are sandwiched between the Saints and the Colts for team total. And you know what? You know what's strange? It's like it, 
we're talking as if this Chiefs offense has changed. There's there's seven there's seven point three percent over their expected pass rate that leads the entire league. Uh, so that 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 hasn't changed. Like the nature of this KC offense hasn't changed. But man, the production has just fallen off a cliff. I do. I just want to say, I really do like Jarek McKinnon in this game as a dump off option <laughs> against a secondary that I don't think the Chiefs are going to want to challenge. Well, have you considered the fact that Patrick Mahomes is angry now? Dude, I that's the only thing that's scaring me. I have considered it. It keeps me up at night because I know I have him ranked probably well below consensus. I that scares me because his vibes have hit so low that they're good again. That game, I it was literally that game. I joked about you know, Derek Carr does something horrible. It's like obviously his fault, and he still is like blaming. He like blames like At Perry, the rookie, just like getting in his <laughs> face. Where Marcos Valdez Scantling drops an eighty-two yard touchdown yeah. in a straight game, and Pat Mahomes is kind of shoot, he like rubs his hands a little bit. So I'm like, man, this guy just is unflappable until he totally melted down to the point where he was literally complaining to Josh Allen. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, man. Where they're out there for like their bro embrace, and he's just complaining. Man, this guy's pissed. Mm. And I've never seen that before. And I'm yeah, we need it. I like, I like that. I like to see him a little fiery. Uh, well, I'd like to see him fiery, but I want to see him fiery at the right person. Like he should have been well, going. Everyone knows what that was about. Kadarius Tony knows that they're actually melting down over him and not the call. No, but that needs to be, about it. guys, that needs to be explicit. Listen, I was a big they're being Zoomer fan. about it. They're being Zoomer about I was a big it. Dolphins fan growing up. Dan Marino would humiliate receivers. I was going to say Peyton Manning. I was okay. going to say Peyton Manning would throw intentional hospital balls the yeah. moment his receiver okay. dropped one, getting so, those dudes crushed. Yet Patrick Mahomes is willing to die on the cross for obviously Kadarius Tony penalty. Mahomes, yes. Mahomes need, needed to go after, physically go after to Kadarius Tony uh, <laughs> during that game or after that, after that. Uh, producer Adam says, uh, this, and I didn't know this. Chiefs open at ten and a half point as ten and a half point favorites. They're down to seven and a half. Patriots are winning. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Denny loves to say bad teams are winning. Uh, I feel like we're already done talking about this game. But Kyle, Chiefs backfield without Isaiah Pacheco didn't do anything last week. Will it do anything this week? Denny claims Jarek McKinnon is going to. Didn't Jarek McKinnon score last week? Yeah, who cares? I mean, you know, I was scored last week. It's like, like the Colts have like four different tight ends you've never heard of score a touchdown every week. It doesn't really matter. You got to do more than to score. That's, that's, that's come on, man. McKinnon, McKinnon's a good play. I, I, uh, good play? He's a good play. Wow. Uh, if you want the lowdown on the on the backfield, Clyde Edwards Flair saw more carries. None of them matter because McKinnon played more snaps on short down and distance all of the snaps on long down and distance and basically all the two minute drill. He's getting every high value touch. Even if he's like literally capped at 10 touches It's basically what we did at the end of last, I believe it was last season where sure he's going to look like a screaming regression candidate on every spreadsheet. And Oh, he's Patrick Mahomes second receiver who also plays at the goal line. He's not going to regress real quick. We already talked about this a little earlier in the show, Denny, can Zeke get home as a top 24 option and what was it like 29 touches last week? 29 touches, 140 yards in a tutty. Is he getting home in the top 24 again this week? Barring some very weird game script. Yes, I do. I do think that, that he can, but even, even with weird game script, he could get home just on just a bunch of, uh, of checkdowns. Teams are really checking down at a high rate against Kansas city. Lots of two high safeties. Of course, you probably don't play that against Patriots so much, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just because, yeah, just p- based purely on volume, uh, we are going to feed Zeke 
this week. I know that's what you love. I tried to revive one of your old bits. Kyle has Zeke ranked higher. Denny, do you have? Would you rather play Ezekiel Elliott or Ty Chandler? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I oh, I guess Elliott. Yeah, I think I'll make a three for three on Elliott. Uh, we will move on, though. The Bears and Browns square off in Cleveland, Ohio, with a total south of 38. It's actually over 38 now. It's 38 and a half. The Browns are getting roughly three points at home, Kyle. The story here is Joe Flacco and his new one-year contract and his pass rates overexpected. Denny referenced those earlier in the show. Will that remain the case against the Bears? Another defense, and along with the Broncos and Vikings, has been improving for much of the second half of the season. Yeah, Bears defense has been way better since acquire. You know, way better. I'll get to the the heel turn. Has been way better since acquiring Montez Sweat at the trade deadline. But also, they've faced Josh Dobbs, who's since been benched. Derek Carr, who's nice. very bad. Bryce Young, who's dreadful, and Jared Goff, who's fine. But I mean, Jared Goff is by far the best quarterback they've faced since all of their stats turned around. They're probably a marginally better defense than we saw earlier in the year. They're probably benefiting from a really easy schedule over the past five games. Would Joe Flacco not uh, constitute? No, no, no. Joe Flacco is good. The thing about (laughs) the difference between Derek Carr and Joe Flacco is that one of them is good and one of them plays for the Saints. The other one's Joe Flacco. I I just want to, I think that this, this game has a really sneaky, great environment because you have the 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 Browns averaging 75 plays per game, which leads oh leads the league. You have the Bears averaging 70. 75 plays a game for the Browns. That's gotta be a joke. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. This is I, I do I do have this squared off from week eight to week 14, but still the, any the, it doesn't matter what the slider is. That the, should the, not the, the point true. remains the, the, this this game has a chance to be as wild as the Jags Browns last week. And that was very fun for fantasy. That's what I'm, I'm looking up the Cleveland. So the games in Cleveland, as we know, there's never been a good weather game in the history. Uh, of the yeah. I'm looking up the, uh, the weather right now on my phone. Uh, I was expecting to see the wind emoji. There's no wind emoji. There is yeah. a rain emoji though. For oh, some no, no, <laughs> so no. we'll see. But I'm no, sure that, as long as there's not wind, I don't think, I think the, the uh, weather nerds would tell you that rain doesn't really have like much of a statistical no. impact. It's like winds of sustained 20 plus is really it's where 20 plus is when it gets concerning. I was expecting to see the wind emoji. One of those, you always expect to see that Lake when you play out in the middle of Lake Erie. Yeah. I, I, and I, I do, I do have some memories of recent seasons where beat writers would be like, it's, it's so cold. Pat, don't drink your, don't, don't, don't sip your drink right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's so, it's so cold that I can't get out of my car <laughs> to go <laughs> to the stadium. And it's like, no one can survive in this cold. And then everybody's perfectly fine on the field. So I, I you know, I don't oh, you like are it. no, as you know, I'm one of the biggest weather faders. There are Kyle. The only thing I pay attention to is sustained 20 plus for the win. And even that you usually got to be getting around 25, 30 for it to like, where it's like batting down Josh Allen passes. As hmm. we saw in that, the very famous Patriots bills game. That was a game, um, man. 20 plus wind is really, that's where it does get hair. Uh, by the way, I, I, I moved the slider guys and Cleveland is still averaging 75 plays per game. What is going on? <laughs> it went up to 85. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on in Cleveland, Ohio? It feels like we're done with this game, but we're not even close. Uh, our fields and DJ Moore, Denny, quote, screwed against this Browns defense. DJ Moore nursing an ankle injury. Uh, no, they're not. They'll be fine. He'll be fine. I mean, he's, he is dominating air yards, which is, which is really important. Justin Fields is slightly more accurate on those downfield throws of late. So we like to see that. Uh, and I, I'm not 
I'm not fake. I mean, you're, of course you're starting. Of course you're starting DJ Moore. But the fact that he got three rushes last week, I think th- this team, I think Bears could finish strong. They're pl- they are playing for a lot. I mean, Justin Fields is playing for his future. Uh, Matt Eberflus is being quote evaluated like over <laughs> that these was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and so they won last week. I, I you know I wouldn't discount this team making a little bit of a run, and part of that success has to be through DJ Moore, who happens to be very good. So I feel I feel good about him. DJ Moore is averaging 21.8 PPR points in like the 10 games he's played with Justin Fields, which would make him the wide receiver two on the year tied with CD lamb. Wow. It's yeah. really just those Tyson Bajan games that knock DJ Moore off it. Cause I've got him still ranked as an elite wide receiver one this week. We do hope he's healthy. As you hear this, we're not entirely sure about his health. Right. Um, Kyle, do we care about either of these backfields? Seems like there's probably more juice in the Cleveland group, but Kind of just got weird rotations going on. Jerome Ford, I guess, maybe the safest of like these five running backs is Deontay Foreman's safe. What do we care about in these backfields? Yeah, we know exactly what the Browns are doing. Jerome Ford runs plenty of routes. He gets more carries, and then they sub him out at the goal line, which is the only reason he doesn't rank as like a consistent top 12 fantasy running back because he gets that level of touches and then he never gets to get in the end zone. So, I mean, since Kareem Hunt signed with the team, he has nine carries to Jerome Ford's three inside the five, three times as many. That's the only value Kareem Hunt has. He gets like 10 touches a game. Not that useful. He's not extremely efficient but it just takes one touchdown and he's like the RB 27 on the week. On the other hand, there is a very clear Deonta Foreman was the RB one really without question last week out carried his backups. I believe it was 11 to four also out targeted him three, nothing. And the bears have changed up their backfield every other week for the entirety of the season. You're still betting on Foreman to be the lead, but I don't feel that sense of stability. Like I know what is going on in Cleveland. I know exactly what they're doing. We have a pretty good data set on it. We just don't have the data set sort of like the Texans to be sure that Foreman is the guy going forward, though he's the clear bet to make. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no you go, Denny. I, I was, it was on something else. So good. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to put a bow on this game. So you Oh, well, I, then I, then I do need to put this in. Uh, <laughs> that was awkward. Um, so since week 10, uh, Chicago opponents have passed at a 65% clip in neutral game script. Uh, and I, so, I mean, I mean, we're talking about 40-plus dropbacks for Flacco again. I think he's live. I think it makes Njoko exciting and, and Cooper and everybody. Mario Cooper's that. probably a great buy-low. I talked about Devontae Adams' as a great buy-low last week, and it didn't hit at all, but let's do it again. Let's do it again. Devontae Adams never having another 100-yard game as long as he lives. Nah. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> Denny, I was going to tell you, it was pretty It was pretty amazing that we do know each other well enough now that you knew somehow that I would die laughing at you saying that it was too cold for the reporter. I, I, yeah, I, I, had, I saw you raise the cup to your 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 face, and I said, uh-oh, I, I got to <laughs> gotta pump the brakes on this because he, he could literally just spit all over his computer. Yes, thank God you sent the warning. Thank God for the Washington Commanders defense. The Commanders do come off by as touchdown road dogs against the Rams, Denny. The Washington passing attack was going off the rails before the open date. Any chance it gets going again in L.A.? It's just this wide receiver usage is not good. Like, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, in a in a blowout game script. It's four quarters of blowout game script. He... He posts a zero against the Dolphins. Uh, Jahan Dotson does nothing. Uh, 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 Logan Thomas does nothing. Sam Howell scores 20-plus fantasy points. Come on. What's going on there? It is nuts. I mean, it's the rushing touchdowns, obviously. But uh, (laughs) I I just answered it for you. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, theoretically, theoretically, there should be a lot of passing. I 
I wrote in the regression files that Washington should pass at 1.4 million uh, times this week. That's analytics. And, uh, and you know, the Rams are a huge pass funnel. So you got to think, you got to think that enough dropbacks will, will, will fuel target volume for McLaurin, maybe for, uh, for Logan Thomas or, or Dotson. Real quick. I, a lot of people probably would not agree with this because the way he's playing heading into the bye. I still ranked Sam Howell over Matthew Stafford this week. I have both in the top 12, but I mean, Sam Howell is going to get 48 attempts. They just need some of them to be good. And I, I just, I still trust the Sam Howell to never stop throwing more than I trust Matthew Stafford to never stop throwing. We know they don't even want him to throw. It's been really weird that he is throwing so much. Um, but take it you do not agree with that take, seeing as you were choking back. I mean, I mean, they've got they've got a team total in the neighborhood of the San Francisco 49ers, whereas you're looking at a very like it has to get there in garbage time. And the reason you got there in garbage time in the first place is because he was garbage for Sam Howell's situation. So I get it. Like Sam Howell's not a bad play. This is not an indictment of like Sam Howell's fancy value. He's going to drop back a ton. He's going to get 300 yards in the fourth quarter after the Rams starters have been long gone. But at the end of the day, like I do want to bet on the guy who's been playing incredible football as of late and has a massive team total. Like Vegas buys this as sticky. Look, I, I know we, we had talked about the Rams becoming kind of run heavy. That all went out the window last week. I think it continues to go out the window this week, maybe because Stafford's healthier and they just have a little more confidence in him as a drop back guy. Uh, the, in neutral game script, uh, Washington is seeing a 68% pass rate against them uh, over the past seven weeks. So it's like, I, I think the Rams actually could could pass a lot here. I'm sure the commanders fix their defense during their checks notes. <laughs> Week 14 by real good time of year to have a bye. <laughs> I'm and, sure uh, their 175-pound corner put on 30 pounds yeah. for the check notes. <laughs> so, Week 12 by 175. Right. Kyle, you're giving them you're giving them 20 plus pounds there. Yeah, that's actually not a joke. Uh, Kyle, how high for Antonio Gibson if Brian Robinson sits with a hamstring injury, as seems likely? Yeah. yeah, probably pretty high. I didn't want to rank him as high first because we've got Chris Rodriguez who come in and could come in and take early down work. But the thing is, you're playing Antonio Gibson because now the floor is raised to like 10 carries mm-hmm. and legitimately eight targets. Like he's going to see so many checkdowns from Sam Howell, which is something Chris Rodriguez just doesn't have in his profile and his repertoire coming out of college. So although I don't think he's quite the smash that Zeke or even like Ty Chandler are, he's probably still a top 24 running back. Denny, uh, Puka Nakua had been running very clearly ahead of Cooper Cup since Cooper Cup had returned from his injury. That dynamic flip last week, not that Nakua had a bad game, but Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup again, at least in the box score, I don't know, on film. Uh, are we ranking Cooper Cup ahead of Puka Nakua in kind of the smash spot to end all smash spots in the commander's they, defense? Yeah, right. I mean, they should be ranked very closely, I think. Uh, over the past two games, Cooper Cup has 18 targets. Puka has 15 Demarcus Robinson has 15 targets as well. Uh, it, it's just two different, very different receiving profiles. Pukunakua has a, a 13.3 average depth of target over those two games. Cup is at five and a half for oh. his, his A dot. So Cup is being the PPR scam. Nakua is seeing the down, more downfield stuff, which is obviously in, like inherently more volatile. Um, but I have, a, I have a tough time saying like definitely Cup over Nakua, but it doesn't really matter. You're, you're starting them anyway. I, I would say <laughs> Demarcus Robinson and Tutu Atwell. He he did 
Listen, listen, listen. Tutu Hatwell uh, suffered a concussion last week. I don't know if he is going to play this week. Demarcus Robinson could see a, a full complement of snaps in a in a Rams offense that uses three right wide receivers at a league leading ninety two percent rate. Uh, he leads the team in air yards, guys, over the past what? two games. Okay, over the oh, past two God. games. Uh, we Come thought on, this man. Browns. We thought this Browns stat was funny about all the plays they're running. This is degenerate. How much is he on DraftKings? Did you say that? Because I, <laughs> I, I I don't know, Kyle, but uh, I will ha- I will have some exposure. Yeah, I mean, Demarcus Robbins, He he's out there, and guys, I, I have. Oh no 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 no, he's playing Washington. I, I I for a second I thought it was a he had his revenge game last week against Baltimore. Never mind. Okay. We could check. He might be a former commander. That's still be. up for debate. He's played for many teams. He's you got real quick, talking about DraftKings. I hadn't played probably like six weeks. I played last week and I won money. Oh, and, uh, ooh, how many thousands? Millions? Bulletproof. Um, it was, hey, listen, I'm not going to say he was on the dollar bill. Let's just say he was never president, though. And not, it wasn't Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> the other one. So, well, this, I have a little DFS expert over here. I bet you, where's your God now, huh? I got to, I got to um, Google this. Who yeah, was yeah. the president on the dollar bill? It was Ben Franklin. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, well, congrats. Who did you, who did you hit on? Who did I? I, I had like three snowflakes, and well, I, I hit on the Purdy uh, oh. and Demo stack. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I hit on Evan Ingram. Uh, I got snowflaked by Zach Moss. We all did, brother. Don't worry. That was every one hundred percent of players did. So it really didn't matter. I had zero guys. I, I, we went on this show last Thursday, and we all said it's Debo week. We all said that together in unison. And then I played 0% Debo and DFS. Um, really? I'm not even kidding. The only reason I played was most like, I got to get a Debo line. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Uh, let's see. Who, there was one other. Who flaked me? I, I don't care about the terms and conditions. Yeah, whatever. I'm agreeing <laughs> to all these. Uh, well, oh, man. I, whatever. I can't see right now. But uh, we're, we're moving on. We are running out of time on this show <laughs> other than to assess my uh, my, my DKs. <laughs> single entry lineup from last Sunday. The 49ers are two score road favorites against this sleepy, sleepy Arizona Cardinals, Kyle Dvorak. It's another zone defense for the aforementioned Debo Samuel. Does that give him the fantasy edge over Brandon Ayuk for week 15? I mean, Debo has definitely been better versus zone than he has been against man this year. But as I pointed out, Brandon Ayuk has a higher target share, air yard share, targets per route run, yards per route run, more fantasy points against zone coverage as well because he's just been that good. Really, the split is that both of the receivers overall have performed very well against zone, but only one of them, Brandon Ayuk, has performed well against man. That's the split, not as much like Debo is this team's zone crusher, both in efficiency and volume. And it's been primarily the rushing work that has really put him over the top of he's a good fantasy option, but I don't know if he's his number one receiver. It's hard to tell that apart when he gets a rushing touchdown every single week. I think he now has the most rushing touchdowns for a receiver in a season and the second most and then the seventh most and then tied again for the seventh most, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's Debo season. It's always Debo season again. Well, I don't know why it was never not Debo season for a very long time. Seems like they should look very strongly into featuring him every week. Denny, what is the Arizona Cardinals offensive outlook? Uh, what do we even really care here about this? James Conner had a revenge game two weeks ago. That was kind of cool. Uh, opponents, Niners opponents are passing at an 85% clip in neutral game script. Um, so we are going to see a lot of dropbacks. Um, 
Kyler Murray might be somewhat interesting in that scenario because those dropbacks could turn into rushing attempts. I don't know. I don't know. Like they're they're really tough against tight ends, so you you actually can't feel good about Trey, Trey McBride. Honestly. Really, I bet you still can. I mean, I mean, I still feel good. You're you going to start him, but like it's it's a it's a bad it's an ugly spot for everybody. It's real ugly for Marquise Brown. Uh, so I I don't know, guys. It's uh it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. James Connor is losing out on the uh the the route running and the and the targets in this offense so unless things kind of stay even he's not going to get there and um, they're not staying even so yeah i mean really like this this cardinals i was looking at this this cardinals rush defense is going to be eaten alive they just have no chance here um yeah the only chance would be it'd be one of those games where like the shanties just bored but before we move on to the next game Kyle, i so i've got the lineup here yeah one of the other people who flaked me was the one play I asked you for. Ah. harder than anyone. Oh, no. <laughs> you shouldn't have played that. That was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I knew what I was getting into when I played Jonathan Mingo. Did you oh, see the come 55 on. Yard? Dude, he had a 55-yard touchdown. I, just, I know. I just know. barely overthrown. I actually Denny. did not see that. Denny, Denny, you're going to lose your mind. Your eyes are going to pop out of your skull when you see all of his air yards. Oh, no. I I, I watched the I game. Mean, he didn't score any points. To be clear. He totally snowflaked. It was like two for 22. <laughs> and I was I was... Thought my prayers were answered when he got the two for twenty two because he was zero balling in halftime. Bryce Young, but oh man, that fifty five yarder yeah. could have really changed my day. Listen, Bryce Young has the yips. The only a quarterback with the yips could miss that throw. We'll He's that. seeing more ghosts than people at this point. Oh come on, we'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, yeah, the, the, the all my other snowflake it was Zach Moss and Jonathan Mingo, and then the one like dumb like I'm not a DFS DFS expert play. I was like, just trying to make the money fit. Like, whatever. Josh Jacobs is going to get 20 pitches. <laughs> Who cares? Just put him in there. And he instantly snowflaked. Man, I think so. your other option instead of Mingo was Parker Washington, and that one got laughed out of the park. And I think he, he scored did. a garbage time. I touchdown. actually did laugh at him. I know. Pat doesn't even believe Parker Washington's real. He's not. He's not. He's hardly. So it's all right. Yeah, he's not real. Smarting from back-to-back losses to the 49ers and Cowboys, the Eagles are modest four-point road favorites against the Seahawks, Denny. Things have really gotten messy here. I think it's really just about that murderer's row schedule. I've never seen a more difficult five-game slate in my entire life. I really have not. What do we expect from the Eagles, and what do we think their offensive approach in Seattle, Washington is going to be this Sunday? They are going to establish it. Uh, there's just no 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 two ways about it. The, the Seahawks are the worst rush defense in the NFL over the past month, and it's not even close. When you look at EPA data – Yards after contact per rush, yards before contact, all that nerdy stuff. It says that the Seahawks are being bludgeoned via the rush, that the Eagles are talking incessantly about running the ball. Okay, it's actually, they are. It's real bad. It's very annoying. <laughs> it's very annoying. And uh, but that's what they're going to do. And so you're. So I, I actually think, you know, DeAndre Swift, I know he's been disappointing. I know that uh, Boston Scott and Gainwell mixed in last week, kind of made things messy. Uh, I, I, I This is you know, whether you like it or not, a smash spot for DeAndre Swift. If he can't do it against the Seahawks, folks, he's not doing it, period. I not bit aside, I don't think he's gonna do it. I just don't know if he can do it at this point. No. I, mean, it, I, I feel like it could be like Kenneth Gainwell. Like where do you have DeAndre Swift ranked, Kyle? I had a hard time getting him in the top 20 with all 32 teams playing. There's a lot of good setups running there's a lot of bad setups for quarterbacks this week. There's a lot of good setups running back. Denny does make like got me scared that I have him too low though. Cause it makes everything Denny said makes a lot of sense. I, I, okay. 
Yeah, I don't think I had him in my top 20. Oh, I, I have my rankings right here. Because I think the hardest thing is his touchdown odds are feel so slim when he's got the best touchdown score. Not, you know, touchdown back, but touchdown score. I have him at, let's see here, uh, 21. So I was just I think I do 21 also. Denny is right, though. They are possessed by the idea of establishing it. Um, I, I feel a little yes. nervous about that after hearing Denny's spiel. What about like Javante ahead of him? I feel like Javante is kind of a similar, like two down back, can get targets, but he doesn't play the passing game role. How do we feel about him versus Javante, who I, I think they're kind of similar in that sense? I have them like, I think quite literally back to back. They're back to back, which is why I asked. I have DeAndre Swift RB20, Javante Williams RB21. I have them 20 and 21 the other way. I, I will say that, that, you know, looking at like the, the, the funnel stats, like, Teams are not are not like running running it at a at a, an insane pace or, or insane rate against the Seahawks, but when they do, they're very successful. So yeah, I, I, just, uh, I think maybe the I agree with you that the Eagles might just be trying to like cleanse the demons this week, and mm-hmm. things have been not broken with the passing attack, but just not running well. And they kind of need like a palate cleanser, like a reset game. And we know that when they want to, they can become a fifty-two rush team. They haven't done it in a long time. I could see, and Jalen Hurts, you know, is banged up. Uh, so I could see them maybe going super mega run heavy. Yeah. But it is very Giga ultra nuclear. Giga ultra. Nova meltdown levels of run. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Denny uh, Goddard season question mark. Trying to be better. <laughs> <up here. laughs> like, uh, he did not have a good return in week 14. What no. is Dallas Goddard's outlook in the game where you have said, the Seahawks are going. Excuse me. The Eagles are going to set the single game rush attempts record. Uh, yes, I clearly, clearly said that. If you roll back the tape, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like, you amen, brother. You don't have to start. You don't have to start Goddard here. Uh, Goddard or Dalton Schultz. 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 Wow, that was real fast. Yeah. For both of you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, he he didn't he didn't run a ton of routes last week. Maybe that changes with another week of play under his belt or practice, whatever. But uh, I'm just, I'm not, I, it's a, it's a, it's a bad matchup. I don't think that the Eagles are going to pass a lot. I mean, remember the, the Eagles can be like insanely run heavy and just destroy target volume for the pass catchers. So like AJ Brown might get his, but Eagles have also been really adaptive to their opponents. Like a lot of yes. teams see like, you know, the Falcons see their opponents have faced the highest pass rate over expecting the league. They don't care. They don't adjust. The Eagles are kind of the opposite. They've been really malleable over the past two years on what their opponents give up and attacking that. So if that comes through the ground, I can see them leaning into that. Uh, Kyle, what are we seeing from the Seahawks wide receivers of late? This seems more stable or things aren't really changing anymore between DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and JSN. Have you seen anything interesting in the data over the past few weeks? You know, I think you pointed out that the the routes have really stabilized. JSN is clearly at not quite a full-time role, but near enough as the team's primary. Like, they're not subbing in for two tight ends much anymore. That's resulted in a target share share 20% or above, but he's not dominating the targets. He doesn't move downfield. And Tyler Lockett is in a similar space because DK Metcalf has become the primary and really good field stretcher for the team. Since week 11, he has over 40% of the air yards, so... I, you know, do with that information what you will. The Eagles are a really bad pass defense, so they're probably all startable. But I think DK Metcalf has put a lot of space between himself and the other two, while Tyler Lock and JSN, I actually don't think there's much to separate the two right now. Yeah, there's not. I kind of just give Tyler Lockett a wide receiver three emeritus advantage <laughs> over JSN, but I don't know if it's actually, actually sure. all that logical. Seahawks are going to throw a ton here. Uh, Eagles are the most extreme. Uh, pass funnel. <clears throat> we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I will say 
It, it seems like it's going to be Gino, but it could be Drew Locke again. I don't know if it makes a ton of difference. The Eagles' pass defense is so bad. Like it's That's just terrible. really. I, everyone knew they were going to regress. I knew that was a popular summer storyline. Man, I don't know if anyone thought they were made like number thirty-two pass defense. Kevin yeah, Byard hasn't really made a difference either. Uh, real quick, can either Kenneth Walker or Zach Charbonnet get home for RB two numbers? The answer seems to be no. Right. I don't. You got such an unsatisfying committee. It's just like I know that's the problem. Why did they draft Zach Sharp and just why? Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? Yeah, it, it, it's it's resulted in exactly what we feared: is just two two running backs who are not seeing enough touches to be RB twos. Yeah, their usage is all over the place. Sometimes Kenneth Walker is the early down guy. Sometimes Charbonnet is. Sometimes they're running routes. Yep. Sometimes they're not. I mean, good good luck. Just good luck. There is no rhyme or reason for how these guys are being used gotten really hung up lately. I have no idea why on I keep thinking about what if the Chargers had drafted Zach Charbonnet. Because I was thinking about how the Seahawks keep over investing in running back and the Chargers every week. Like oh, I'm surely one of these guys behind Austin Eckler can be totally non-worthless and then yeah. they just don't do anything ever. Yeah. And if they had just maybe tried to be serious one time. If the back. Chargers had played Josh Kelly as a starter in DFS once, they never would have tried yeah. to run him back as the backup. <laughs> No, they would not have. Uh, we digress. The spiraling New Orleans Saints are nevertheless six-point home favorites against the New York Giants, Kyle. Is there anyone worth caring about in this New Orleans offense not named Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, or Taysom Hill? Uh, Taysom appears to be playing. I think it's Rashid Shahid or Toronto. There's a lot going on with the Saints, including everyone. That's, being that's the breakdown. You know, that's it's hard to tell what's going on right now because of all the injuries. But I can tell you it doesn't look ideal for Chris Olave. Back-to-back DNPs with an ankle injury. And that would be, I mean, as if this offense needed any more drastic blows that would probably be the death knell because he has been by far and away the number one receiver. He leads the NFL in air yards. He's got an elite target share. Although he doesn't always come home with it, the alternative is like build the plane out of Rashid Shahid, which just won't work. So I think even if he plays, they will have an immense run rate against the Giants because they wouldn't have other options. Like you said, Taysom Hill looks likely to return. Shahid's probably a true coin flip. He's limited throughout the week. They said a few weeks ago that uh, it seems like a little bit of a longer-term injury. It's 50-50. I would not play him if he comes back because I'd be shocked to see him in a full-time role. I would be remiss, Denny, if I did not tell the audience to check out the latest Galaxy Brains where we go very in-depth on Derek Carr's game prep, which uh, involves, as Denny uh, pointed out, involves being frozen. And a hyperbaric hanger. For six you and know? a half days. So. I mean, yeah, we looked into it very strongly and, and came away with some, some really good insight into how the, the Saints keep him on the field. And I just realized the hyperbaric chamber isn't even the one where they freeze you. <laughs> That's a cryogenic <laughs> chamber, right? Yeah. A- Not even the one where they freeze you. And well, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to edit that one. Though. The whole bit. Producer Adam, you can fix that one on post. <laughs> I want Steven. And Steven's already Steven's already so Denny, we got this hyper or no <laughs> I did, the, I did the, the edit joke wrong. So Denny, of course, Derek Carr's in his cryogenic chamber. And uh <laughs> he does it ten different times. So he he says, you know, so so cold in it cryogenic chamber. Really only four more games after this. We're close. Denny, real quick, Tommy DeVito, he's providing clicks but not fantasy points. Is there a single <laughs> giant worth starting? Not named Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. Listen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought I thought you were gonna say a single giant. You were like a single giant. We're starting, and then like ten seconds later, besides Saquon Barkley, yeah, I mean, yeah, Saquon's in a great in a great spot actually. Like teams are establishing it against the Saints when they get a lead. The vibes say that the Giants will win easily here. Uh, I uh, I say yeah. I say Saquon gets all. The vibes say the Giants win easily, and yet the bookmakers have established the Saints as nearly touchdown. They're babies. wrong. I don't know. What to say. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Waller might return for the Giants. No, the whoa, well, no, that changes everything. So. Tommy D's getting himself a number one, is what I'm saying. Um, Tommy D. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, Jalen Wyatt may be worth something. We also, of course, mentioned the Galaxy Brains, the Giants' futile attempts to find a quarterback who is worse than Daniel Jones. That no matter who they, no matter who they throw out there, they're instantly better than Daniel Jones. Yes. And uh, can't be done. We're now onto our final game, uh, NFL Law. Says the Falcons and Panthers must play twice this season. They're in the same division. The Falcons are roughly field goal home favorites for a 33 and a half quote totaled showdown. Uh, not a total, it's not a real total. You know, this isn't NFL football. Uh, anything at all to care about the Falcons, Kyle? You know what there is to care about. Bijan's still not dominating the work, but he sees a ton of targets, ton of routes. And they run the ball enough that you don't have to see 80% of the carries. It's the Falcons, baby. 20% of the carries is like 20 carries. So Bijan, RB1, Drake London got home last week. I don't want to say that shouldn't be surprising, but he does see all of the wide receiver targets, all the wide receiver air yards. And Kyle Pitts, as of the past few weeks, is back to playing all the snaps and running like wide receiver routes as just a de facto big dude wide receiver. Play all those guys. If you play them on the same team, you are definitely not getting home with three of them like you did last week, I think. But, you know, one or two of them should. Oh, Desmond Ritter has as many 300-yard games as Patrick Mahomes. I had that written down on the, the show. Wow. So. wow. Well, as many as Justin Herbert, too, which is as many as Jalen Hurts. Please stop. Please stop. Mm-hmm. Are there any more names? I mean, uh, I think is I think maybe as many as Joe Burrow. I don't remember yeah. if that one's true. Or one more, all, but Burrow's played a little less. All because of the hip drop tackle. The NFL had a good run. The NFL had a very, very good run. But it's over now. It's over now. And at Denny, I mean, Panthers, I mean, I don't know. This is just giving it to Chuba Hubbard and saying, please end the game, Chuba. Yes. They uh, want they want the offseason to be here very badly where they 50, can give the. Yeah, 50 rushes for uh, Chuba over the past two games. Man. So uh, we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and he's not doing anything with it, by the way. Nothing. <laughs> uh, but but who cares? Just I think that you can play him as a flex. Jonathan Mingo, I have him in the regression files because someone is holding my dog hostage. And <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so I had to do that. Ziggy. Yeah, poor Ziggy. But uh, I did it, and I have Ziggy back. And Jonathan Speaking Mingo of Denny, came... how much should I feed your dog? I didn't ask that one. No, it was actually Denny's mailman. Denny refuses to tip the mailman. He's one of the people that doesn't even know about that custom. Oh, oh, what, what is that? I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah, you didn't tip your mailman. You don't tip your mail. It's pretty standard practice. You don't tip the mailman. They kidnap your dog. How do you do that exactly? You, you, you... <laughs> no reaction to my joke either. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, my true friends are. I'm sorry. I'm I think Benny's taking this seriously. He actually wants to know. Yeah, he actually is taking notes. You, you, you have me thinking about like four things right now. My dog, Jonathan Mingo, the mailman, <laughs> tipping workers. Uh, people do tip the mailman. I think we've done it before. I'm not entirely sure how it works. You just stand by the mailbox and wait? What do you do? <laughs> I think you put it in an envelope. You give him like a gift card to Outback. 
Okay. <laughs> Maybe don't, Pat. You know, that's more of an insult than a tip, if I'm being honest. And I was trying to think of a less funny restaurant than Outback. But, Anyways, we digress. We must end the show. We must, must end the show. Uh, that's hopefully you enjoyed the week 15 breakdown. Hopefully you enjoyed Denny's regression files, Kyle's 32 facts, Kyle's stardom cinema, Denny's funnel report, which is out on Fridays, my rankings, which will be updated uh, going into Saturday. There are three games on Saturday. So for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back later uh, sometime. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.